You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast raising the bar at workplaces everywhere. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective are their own and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we're talking with about flexible workplace practices with expert Alexis Holtine. Alexis helps employers develop and implement digital transformation and hybrid workplace strategies. Today, she's sharing her expertise with us to help employers and employees find connection and belonging in the remote hybrid workspace. Workspace. It's going to be a great show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Workplace Perspective has a new website. Visit us at www.workplaceperspective.com. Check out our new look, including our featured guests and archive sections. Share us with your friends and colleagues to help us continue to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Alexis Holtine. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk with you. I am too. I'm, I'm so excited for this topic. But before we get started, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah. Um, well, I enable flexible work. I work with companies to help employees basically be more productive and happy. And I have done this for many years. I actually, um, prior to my company founding my company, Digital by Design, I worked at Deloitte and I led their digital workplace COE for 130,000 employees. And that was helping Deloitte transition to all virtual and then to hybrid. Uh, before that, I advised the chief transformation officer on how to move all of the collaboration tools to the cloud. And then um, before that, I was in client service for about 14 years, um, serving all sorts of clients, uh, spending a lot of time on the road, um, helping through digital transformation projects. That's great. Well, you are certainly the person that we want to be talking to you. This is such an important topic right now. Um, I titled this show A New Hope, partly <laughs> because the day we had our pre-call show, it was May the 4th, 4th so may the 4th be with you. <laughs> and partly because I was feeling a bit hopeless, which is really unusual for me, um, about the future of remote hybrid work. It just seemed that so many of our largest employers um, are sort of just disregarding the, the positive aspects, all the data that we've discovered that shows how encouraging it is that remote hybrid work is actually working. Um, productivity is, is good. Uh, work-life balance is great. So I was looking for a little hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that this is going to be a good show because I'm very optimistic about the future. I think that there's some employers who it may, it may take them longer to get there and arrive at the conclusion that, you know, distributed, flexible, remote models are good. But I'll tell you, the, com the talent market is so competitive right now that if companies aren't listening, they're going to be listening when they don't get people accepting you know, their job offers. Or I've even been talking with clients who have been you know, expressing dismay that they get someone on the line. 
and they're talking and then they get the question, what's your flexible work policy? And when they can't either articulate it well or they don't have one at all, people are like, thank you very much. Goodbye. (laughs) And I saw this stat that in February on LinkedIn, um, the remote jobs that were posted received 50% of all the job applications. And they represented only 20% of the postings on LinkedIn that month. That number just blew me away because this is just showing that people want employers to be more flexible and you know trust them. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I again, flexible work may not be for every industry for every particular job role. I recognize that, but I think that we've just been through two years where we can prove that we can do a lot and we can cut out the commute. And just that alone is pretty pretty amazing for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. So there's a couple things there. I think that what what my hope is is kind of yours as well. And I am I'm very hopeful, typically. Just caught an off day. Uh, but I do think that my hope is that that trend continues. That that the idea that, well, you may be the big employer. You may be the place to work. But what the past two years have shown me is that I need more than that. That's not the end-all be-all that it was before. Yeah, um, And I'm hoping that 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 continues to drive that um, because I do think it's important. And like you said, I think it's a great, it's a great recruiting tool um, that sort of levels the playing field. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. And you, I mean, you now start seeing it on the, if you go to large employer career pages, it's one of the bullet points around like we offer, you know, paid time off. Uh, good health benefits and flexible work. It's one of those bullets there that people are expecting. I agree. And and I think I just, I'm, I'm so hopeful that that trend is going to continue. And I, cause I think it's important to people. And I do think that um, part of the resistance, at least in my opinion, and I, I want to know what you think is this idea that, yeah, it's great. We've done remote work, but what about the challenges? I hear this all the time. Yeah, it's great. But you know, I miss that. I miss that water cooler conversation. I miss that spontaneity and uh, creativity that happens when we're all together. And I think a lot of large companies, a lot of small companies are using that as a reason to reject either a hybrid or a remote work model. Um, but I think it's more because you can address those issues you just have to change your way of thinking. <laughs> I mean, you have to change. You can't, you can know the, the idea that, oh, you know, Sally and Bob, they're here every day. Those are the ones that are really dedicated and, you know, that out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. What, do you, what are you seeing? What do you think? Yes. I mean, I call it reimagination of work, right? It, like what we're looking at is, just a totally different way of working. And some of these, you know, some of these executives who are thinking this way are not being empathetic with their, with their employees. They may be the ones, and I heard of these stories where, you know, they went even in the, you know, the like the heart of the pandemic when we were all in lockdown or maybe right after, but we're all staying at home and they're still driving to the office and taking the elevator to the 12th floor and then going into their you know private area and right. they're working all day from their office 
So I think you see folks like that who are just, they knew how to be successful. They have a recipe that worked for them. And that's the recipe that they want to keep going with. Instead of kind of sitting back and thinking, wow, this change is going to be hard, but I see so many opportunities and frankly, a competitive advantage for people who are early adopters to attract and retain stellar talent. I think that it is a mindset shift and that not all people are ready for it. Again, you know, back to, well, talent may make you ready for it, but you do have to start thinking about basically everything. I mean, you can't rely on all of those in-person interactions and things like you used to go into the office and see your neighbor, your cubicle neighbor had balloons. And so you could wish them a happy birthday. You don't have those visual cues to just kind of easily build relationships, celebrate with you know your colleagues, things like that. So one of the things that remote and hybrid you know teams have to do is just be more intentional about their relationships. Whereas I think when you were co-located, uh, you just kind of saw the, the birthday balloons or you ended up eating in the lunchroom together. Uh, and, and so particularly around relationships and networking, it just requires some new muscles. And, and people need to think about that differently. And, and hopefully we can talk a little bit more about that. I've got some great tips that we can go into um, I personally also have remote, worked remotely, primarily remotely for seven years. And I joke that I have deep, meaningful relationships with folks who I can have a healthy discord with. And I know that they've got my back, but I have no idea how tall they actually are. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> or that they're actually three-dimensional, you know? Right. <laughs> 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 That's really true. Well, I think what you're saying, you know, is really for from a decision making perspective, because that's really what we're what we're up against, right? Decision maker ideals is that they really need to sort of see beyond themselves in their own fears in this space, uh, in this change, um, and think about the possibilities. Um, and I also, I also think that, and I want to make clear, you're not because well, I hear this a lot too. You're not advocating that this is for everyone, that this should be standard across the board. Because like you said, for some businesses, it doesn't work. For some people, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Some people do want to be in the office, not necessarily because they're, you know, as you explained, that's their style, that's the way they're doing it, that's fine. But there's other reason that is too many distractions at home or they don't have space at home to work. Lots of companies are willing to make and have made, our our organization did. We've had people during the pandemic who just didn't have workspace. So we accommodated and they came into the office and it worked. So you're not advocating, you know, something standard. You're saying, let's let's talk about your workspace Mm -hmm. and what that might work, right? Yeah, and absolutely. And these are, yeah, the discussion is, is really around for the people that have elected to be remote or work, you know, in some sort of remote slash in office model. How, like, what are the things that you need to work on that you need to think about, you know, take ownership? I think there's the level of, as an employer, you know, how do you facilitate some of the challenge, you know, help support and foster and facilitate some of the things that people are going to come up against and then, you know, help people reskill. And then as an employee, 
you know, how do you take ownership of some of this and really kind of change some of your behaviors too? So I think there's there's two aspects of it to people exactly what you said who have decided that this is, you know, gives them better work but life balance or there's some sort of benefit that outweighs them being in the office 100% of the time. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break and we come back I want to hear some of those practical tips. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us. Like us. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us, and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. We are talking with flexible workplace practices expert Alexis Haltine about the challenges and benefits of remote work. Before the break, Alexis, you had talked about being more intentional. I want to hear more about that. Tell me your thoughts about about being more intentional when it comes to this hybrid uh, remote work ethic or workspace. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we had talked about there's kind of two two types of support that you need um, in order to to have that space to be intentional. And it's from your organization or your company that you, they're recognizing that, you know, maybe while you were in the office, all co-located, someone wasn't clocking you as you logged, you know, a minute or two at the water cooler. (laughs) Um, But they're, they're giving you back that time and allowing you to work that into your schedule and maybe block your calendar or do something like that, you know, schedule one-on-ones. Um, so they're recognizing that you need time to build relationships. Um, and then I think as, as kind of helping train the managers on the team, how to facilitate intentionality, especially among team members. One of the things that I often end up talking with clients about is building a team, a team working agreement. And there's there's many different components to this, but just imagine you know a, a canvas, and if you're all remote, maybe you're using a whiteboarding product like Mural or Miro or Microsoft Whiteboard and doing kind of the virtual stickies. But there's different parts of this team level agreement where you know the manager will will lead the team through, and I think it's a co-creation activity of of setting um, your team values as a team. You value uh, maybe setting aside the first couple of minutes of your regular team calls to go around and say how your weekend was, or you value relationships, you value celebrations, things like that, you know, among other things, focusing right now on, on re- the relationships aspect of it. Things like um, schedules and, and working norms. When are the core collaboration hours? I work often with folks all over the world, um, especially being on the West Coast, Working with East Coast, three hours doesn't seem like a big deal until you get an invite for 5 a.m. <laughs> so, you know, what are those core collaboration hours where you can connect with your team? Uh, and then, you know, communications, again, when we're thinking about really building a digital workplace and being more intentional, just like we were really intentional about designing our physical office, what's our digital office look like where we are going to connect and celebrate and things like that. So those are all, I I consider those really foundational understandings to build with the team uh, so that you, you set the stage for, for building healthy, great relationships and feeling a sense of camaraderie with your, with your team members and connection. Then I've got like a whole list of, of things that, 
I personally have practiced and will share with, with listeners because they've worked well for me. Um, there's, I think there's kind of this um, special event category. How do you, you know, and again, this is something that you want to talk about with your team on like, let's recognize how we want to do this. Let's not just, you know, kind of scramble at the last minute. How do we want to celebrate special events, birthdays, weddings, you know, baby showers, things like that. Uh, and there's a, a lot of different methods that are out there. I love uh, a product called Cuda Board. And that's where everyone can go and just um, write a little message, uh, attach a little video, attach photos, uh, and just congratulate people on a birthday, on you know all of those types of special events. And it takes a moment for the team. It's like passing around the virtual card for everyone to sign, um, but with some more fun visuals. Uh, I also like um, paperless posts. It's kind of a, a more formal one-on-one -on -one way of sending a card that, that feels special. Uh, and we've also had um, great success with tasting events. And um, there's a, a cheesemonger um, that's based in Detroit, and they will ship a box of chocolate or cheese um, to everyone's door. You jump on the you jump on the Zoom link for an hour and they walk you through tastings that you do together and they keep it short, you know, 20, maybe 30 minutes while everyone's going through their cheese or their chocolate. And then they say, thank you very much. And they drop and give you, you know, 20 or 30 minutes to chit chat with your colleagues and just feel something special. Um, I don't know. There's just something very exciting about cheese arriving at your front door. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's it's interesting. And I, I like the idea of keeping that going because I think a lot of during the pandemic, a lot of companies did those sort of things. My company did a cooking class, mm -hmm. which was super fun. But I do think on it, you know, taking that was everybody in the company. You just they did it for over three days. You signed up for a particular day. It was a lovely event. But I like the team aspect because I think that was a great way of keeping everybody in the company connected with everybody or meet new people or whatever it might be. But on your team, I think that's really important um, and something super fun that people can do all together. And it is fun to get that stuff at your door and you know, it is. It share is. that unique experience with everybody. That's really cool. You said, what's a paperless post? It's um, just basically an e-card, but it's it, oh, okay. You get to choose the envelope and the wrapper and the stamp and things like that, uh, and so that's just like an e-card. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, so, what else? what else? You got great tips. What else you got? I have more. I have more. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, another thing that people don't do enough when they're remote is promote good work, and there's really great tools out there to again, celebrate the wrap of a really grueling project or, you know, stellar customer service or, you know, just the, the list goes on and on. And we have tools in our digital workplace now that help us do that. For example, on Teams, there's a praise feature and, you know, someone can easily on the team channel um, or a company channel pick the praise badge and you know it's like a unicorn jumping over a rainbow or things like that. <laughs> it's maybe a little cheesy, but I'll tell you that just someone taking a moment to send that across and recognize someone else and promote their good work in front of a larger group, it feels good. It feels really good. Um, so on Teams, there's a praise feature. 
On Slack, there's add-on apps like Donut um, that do similar things. And you know what? Like, There's also um, a good old-fashioned at the beginning of a team call. Just spend a moment and give a shout out. And those types of things that, again, used to just kind of come naturally when everyone was co-located, you really need to take a moment and, and celebrate. Uh, so those are some more ideas on sort of the, um, the kind of special events category. Don't you think that once you start doing these things, that will become the new norm? So that you, you work that muscle, it, it becomes more natural. Um, do you find that, that people sort of get in, get in the groove of that and it becomes more natural? Yeah, I do. And, you know, you are always going to have a few people who are like 100% into it right away. And a few people who are like, mm, okay, now I see more people doing it. And then you'll have a few people who maybe choose to participate a lot less. And that's okay. That's same with the office parties too, right? Yeah. You never got 100% attendance for all, you know, three hours that it was going on. Right. And, right. and that's okay. Um, so yes, I think that as people start building these new muscles, um, that some of these things will come a little bit more naturally. But I also think that, again, when you're working through your team agreements, laying that out, that these are all methods that our team uses to, to celebrate and promote good work uh, is helpful. And, and I think that there's also something to be said of like scheduled one-on-ones. So we talked about, you know, how do you connect with your team um, and, and build rapport with them? But there's also an element of how do you build your network outside of your team? And something that I did was um, schedule one-on-ones. I'm not talking about, I know everyone's like another meeting. No, this is like, this is, this is maybe depending on who it is, maybe two times a year, maybe every quarter or something like that. Someone that you recognize, oh man, I see them in a lot of like cross-functional meetings. I should really get to know them. Or um, they seem like an interesting person or we started together, you know, just some, something that signals to you that I should connect with them. And almost everyone is like, absolutely, let's schedule something standing. And so instead of doing it one by one, you've got to go on your calendar and set the, you know, four times a year, every three months or every four months, however you want to do it. And then you just get on the phone. And actually, the best way to have these types of connections so that they feel organic is to take a walk. Now, I live in Portland, Oregon, so it's raining a lot of the time. That's not always possible. But, you know, get away from the desk, make sure I personally don't think this is a video on type of situation that you need to have. It's just casual conversation, learning about the individuals and maybe some projects that they're working on. And those types of networking, intentional networking have really served me well over over the years. I think that's great. Well, I'm getting the wrap it up signal. But I want to know as we wrap up today's show, you've given some great tips do you have any words of wisdom or any thoughts for the future that you'd like to share with our listeners before we sign off? Yes. Um, hope. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Hybrid work is, is here to stay. And we have an exciting opportunity to rethink the way that we work. My recommendation is to start with those awkward pain points um, around things like we talked about today, you know, connection and relationship building and iterate towards something better. And this is, this is a journey. We are in our teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
if we do this right and we really experiment and iterate, we will arrive with a more productive workforce and for sure happier employees. I think so too. Thank you so much, Alexis, for being with us today. You've given me back a little bit more hope and I appreciate that as well. And I hope the same for our listeners. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Thank you for having me here. You can learn more about Alexis by visiting digitalbydesign.work. You can also connect with Alexis via our website at workplaceperspective.com. I want to also thank our listeners, My Radio Angels, James and the Nave at Night, and Workplace Perspectives team at Srodanair, our engineer and producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Versaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective. And until next time, keep raising the bar. Thank you.